Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 43. On today's podcast, I chat with my beautiful friend, Beth Davis. Um, You'll hear all about who she is and where she's from and what she's doing. Um, She is just a beautiful soul who I am so lucky to have crossed paths with. Um, In this episode, I I really wanted to kind of hone in on the fact that um, having these really good, holy friendships is so, so um, enriching. Um, They don't only enrich your life, but it enriches the lives of all those around you. Um, And it's never, never, never too late to um, find these kind of friendships. It just takes an open heart and a disposition to be receptive and to respond to those ever so quiet stirrings of the Holy Spirit. But that's what they are. They're invitations to to delve deeper. So go with it. Um, Beth... I mean, we're a great example of that. We are um, different ages. We're at different stages of our life. Uh, we're even in different countries. Yet the Holy Spirit was able to draw us together, bring us together. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. She has a deep, deep love of Scripture and the Bible and um, opened my eyes completely to um, the word rather than this their fear or guilt or shame she inspired me with hope and beauty and courage and made those pages of the bible fascinating to me which um, has completely changed my life completely cha- I know that sounds really cliche and ridiculous but I dare you to give it a go get your hands on a bible get uh, don't don't only bring the bible into your home don't leave it on the bookshelf open it up and dive into it because his word is living and active and i cannot tell you how much i have um benefited from having a prayer life with my bible over this these last four months it has been incredible and it is so relevant to what's happening today um so Before I um, turn you over to the conversation with Beth, I encourage you to pray for these good, good friendships and he will put people in your path, I promise you. Um, If you enjoy the episode, share it with a friend uh, or leave a review on iTunes so that the word can get out there. Um, But buy a Bible, have a Bible in your home open it up and just start anywhere. I promise you, it will change your life. Enjoy. Well, special guest from across the ocean, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my friend. Yeah, it's Beth Davis. (laughs) Uh, We know each other through Blessed Is She. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, do you want like the full intro now? I would love the full intro. (laughs) 
I would love everybody to get to meet you and for you to become their best friend. <laughs> oh, I would love that too. So perfect. Um, Go for okay, it. Okay, I am 37 years old. I'm currently the Director of Ministry Advancement for Blessed Is She. And I've been with this uh, online Catholic women's ministry for three years. But prior to that, I was a youth minister for 11 years. I did um, middle and high school youth ministry. I guess the best way to describe that <laughs> for all of you and your friends would be to say ages 11 to 18. So Thank I did you for that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we have no idea what any. And we don't right. really have youth ministers, which is such, to our detriment. So okay. keep going. Yeah. So I did sacrament preparation and then I did youth group. So Bible study and yeah, just uh, like faith formation with young people for 11 mm -hmm. years. I studied special education actually. And from the time I was five years old in kindergarten, I wanted to be a special education teacher. I just really? fell in love. Yeah. Yeah. I volunteered in the um, special ed classroom and had like a little buddy with uh, mm -hmm. special needs as a kindergartner and uh, yeah just always loved children with special needs so even on my first day of university I declared my major there was not a doubt in my mind um, but as I went through my college career and eventually got into stu my student teaching semester really my heart was just more and more and more uh, belonging to Jesus and on fire uh, for Jesus. I wanted to talk explicitly and exclusively about my faith. And I didn't really feel at the time like that was compatible with the public school system. And for whatever mm -hmm. reason, I, I just didn't even consider teaching in Catholic school. Um, I just had some mentors in my life kind of speak into my life and call out these different gifts of mine and encourage me to go into ministry. So even though I studied special ed, I've never taught in a classroom uh, post-college graduation. Um, I'm the youngest of three children. My older brother and sister are both adopted and I was a surprise. Wow. So, I'm not a surprise. You were very, you were very, very, <laughs> very, very wanted and needed. How well, beautiful. the Lord, the Lord would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how much, what's the age gap between your brother and sister and you? So my oldest brother is four yeah. years older and then my uh -huh. sister is 11 months older. So they oh, were wow. signing so her final adoption papers and my wow. mom was nine months pregnant yeah so they, <gasps> kind of unbelievable yeah he knew what he was doing <laughs> yeah apparently <laughs> yeah oh, well, so my that's amazing. my family. family all lives here in phoenix so uh that's been really lovely to be close to my niece and nephews and yeah near my parents so gosh that was a lot about me that was know. awesome so, so that fire, you said that you've always, you wanted, always had on your heart that you wanted to um, speak more and more about the Lord. Where did that fire come from? 
Yeah, I was um, raised in the church. I was a cradle Catholic, uh, went through sacrament preparation. The guidelines have changed now in this diocese, the Diocese of Phoenix. But at the time I was confirmed, uh, I was a junior in high school, which is a bit on the older. How old is a junior? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 16. I was 16. Okay. Oh, that's really old. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one year before you graduate college, really, or graduate high school, school. and go to college. Yeah. So, yeah, and in fact, even now in our diocese, we now confirm with uh, First Holy Communion. So those mm. would both happen when a child is maybe 10 years old. So we've gone back to that restored order. But for whatever reason, I was 16, and I was in a church that had a very uh, intense preparation program it was uh I want to say it was two years but it was a full year of youth group like youth ministry including a retreat including weekly confirmation preparation classes so I was just fully immersed in this Catholic community and it was a massive program there were 400 high school students on retreats and they would sell out yeah it was it was kind of in the heyday Um, so was there I mean clearly that resonates with some of you was there a lot of resistance from from other kids like at that age oh maybe yeah I don't know I I was I'm I've always been a little uh you know just happy to go with the flow and an extrovert so yeah. Yeah, I was happy to meet new friends and and really the leaders, including my youth minister, especially my youth minister, was um he was just an incredible witness to me of the love of Jesus. He mm. was such a good man who loved his wife and prayed and mm. was so kind and patient. Um yeah, he made me want to know the Lord. Um, and there was uh, just a language about that whole community that they talked about Jesus, like he was a real person mm-hmm. and like, you could know him. I was exposed to Eucharistic adoration in high school in that confirmation program. Um, and I had, I hadn't, I'd grown up in the church, but, um, don't let my mom hear this. Uh, we were, <laughs> We, we just weren't very devout. We went to mass mm. and I, you know, received my sacraments, but like, I didn't, I wouldn't know how to pray the rosary on my own, or we didn't regularly go to confession. Um, mm. Yeah. I'd never been to Eucharistic adoration until I was in this very intense youth ministry confirmation program hybrid. Uh, Yet I see the opposite. Like I, I can see the the flip side of that. I, I know a lot of people that went to really good Catholic schools, um, had really good faith formation, but just gave it all away. Like there's got to be, you know, you you didn't have the best formation initial formation, but grew to love him. And you see others that had that and give it away. Like it's such a what keeps some. Sure. And like, like that's been my biggest question. <laughs> well, you know? you know, first I want to maybe demystify my experience. It wasn't perfect. Hmm. There was scandal in our particular parish, in our youth group. 
um, there are students that I was very close with and thought, I kind of thought we were all doing the same thing. We were all bought in and they have fallen away or, um, yeah, like very aggressively yeah. <laughs> walked away, chosen yeah. to leave. Yeah. So it, it wasn't perfect by any means. And I wouldn't even say that my formation was excellent, but I fell in love with the person of Jesus. I encountered yes. him in the Eucharist and in community. Um, and that was enough for me. And it drove me to pursue formation on my own. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So it's this understanding that Jesus Christ is an actual person that actually wants to have a relationship with you. Is that, would you say that the key? That was it for me. Yeah, yeah, that was it for me, truly, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, we, keep going. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to make this a formula because mm-hmm. it requires the Holy Spirit. That's really the only answer for why some people stay and some people go. They could have all the formation in the world. Like you described, they could be in Catholic school, grow up in a strong, devout family. But I think if they haven't had an an encounter, a conversion of heart, if they haven't received the Holy Spirit, I don't know. I, I don't see many disciples who are making other disciples and actively trying to make Jesus known and, and follow him with their lives. I don't see many people doing that without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm. So how, how do you invite the Holy Spirit in for somebody who wants to have an encounter? Um, where do they start? Yeah, the Holy Spirit is so generous that, again, there's not only one way. There, there's mm-hmm. not a formula. For me, I just make a regular practice of opening in prayer by saying, come Holy Spirit. I always pray, come Holy Spirit. Um, a dear friend of mine, Father Parks, he gave the analogy that the Holy Spirit is always with us. He's always present. He always has something to say. But when we say, come Holy Spirit, it's like we're just giving him the mic. We're, we're yeah. allowing him to say something because he's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we as Catholics have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us by virtue of our baptism. That's the, the true reality of what happened when we received the sacrament. But kind of just like, well, an image I used with my students for many years was, Let's say you had a a gallon carton. I'm not sure how your milk comes in Australia. (laughs) Not in gallons. We have liters. (laughs) Okay, so a liter. When I went into the States, a gallon is enormous. Yeah, it's unnecessary. (laughs) I agree. It doesn't even fit in the door of the fridge. Our milk fits on the door of the fridge. Right. <laughs> well, we have deep doors too. <laughs> okay. Everything's bigger in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> unnecessarily so. Okay, so <laughs> is the liter like plastic, like you can see through the container? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, just go with the image. Try to try to picture what I'm describing. <laughs> so you have this liter of milk, right? 
And if mm. you were to pour in chocolate syrup to make chocolate milk, would simply pouring the chocolate into that liter of milk make it chocolate milk? No. You have to shake it up. Correct. Yeah. Uh, just I pour it, in, it would just kind of sink to the bottom right. and stay there. But mm. it has to be shaken up. It has to be stirred up. And the same is true of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of every baptized Catholic, sealed mm. in us at our confirmation. So he's there to stay, uh, but he has to be stirred up. And that stirring up can come in many ways. It can come in praise and worship. It can come mm. in Eucharistic adoration. It can come through reading scripture. It can come uh, simply by an act of faith. Um, yeah, I, I think the Holy Spirit will use any opportunity to be stirred up. Yeah. Um, but certainly, you know, our act of faith, our cooperation with him makes that stirring up that much easier and quicker <laughs> yeah yes um I love that I'm gonna use that that's so good um well that's one thing you actually showed me um blessed is she as well like going to your retreat in Phoenix I was in this room full of women all walks of life stages and ages and um faith like they're all Catholic I think um, they may have been all, they would have been all Christian but yeah. there were women that had mantillas on there were you know women that were, were happy to raise their hands in praise there were women that were you know quietly in prayer like there was so many ways that um, you could be Catholic and it just like mm. there is not one hard fast re uh, way because he talks yeah. to but we're all different and he speaks in a genre that we can relate to or um, mm. understand. And yeah. it was just so freeing to see that there are so many different ways to be Catholic and, so, and one's not more right than the other. Um, I yeah. think I have seen, uh, you know, in my own upbringing that there was probably only one really right way. <laughs> I don't, mm, I, it could have been my okay. immaturity, it could have been, um, but I always thought if it wasn't, there was no other option, even if it didn't resonate with you. Um, okay. And that's hard for people. I mean, it's wrong, basically. Yeah. Well, it's just it's not the limiting. church, you know. Mm. But so no. often we're just in our own community or our own family and we're not... Um, we're just not exposed to another way. That's right. Yeah, which is a shame because mm. I and I I find that I can take. I love worship music, um, and I can actually comfortably take that to my prayer. Mm -hmm. um, just sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament with some with a, a song in my ears, it gives me language to be able to speak to him in ways that I couldn't formulate myself. And I, I get so much nourishment from that where you know I, I wouldn't have done that years ago at all. Yeah, yes. You know what I think people fail to understand about praise and worship music? They might be, um, I don't know, maybe a little skeptical about it and think it's fanatical or emotional. Mm. But real 
uh, most praise and worship music is is written based on scripture. So when mm-hmm. we're singing or especially repeating some of those, you know, phrases or choruses, we're we're ultimately just declaring God's word. We're speaking it out, singing it out, yeah. agreeing with it, um, mm. and declaring it over our lives, and that's powerful. Yeah, and it and it stays with you. Mm. I, you wake up in the middle of the night. I don't know if it happens to you, but it happens to me. And I have a verse in my head. Yeah. Does it happen to you? <laughs> yeah. 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 It stays with you. Like it's it's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. you wake up singing praises. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Anyway, so I don't have a, pro- so I, I wouldn't have done that years ago. Um, hmm. Also, you know, the chaplet to the divine mercy. Like there are a lot of ways, I think, of using every, like we're so rich in tradition and um, and different ways of praying that we need all of it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think in different seasons, mm. different devotions speak to us. Yeah. So the divine mercy chaplet might not speak to you now, but you might come upon a, a season of real suffering, or you may be drawn to the passion of Jesus in a particular, you know, circumstance or stage of your life. And that chaplet, that devotion is waiting for you, <laughs> but it yeah. doesn't have to resonate right now. That's so true. Um, you said before that you, um, when you were little, you wanted to be, um, work with people with disability, uh, special needs and yeah. that, that kind of work is accompanying people like you you work with them you help them you encourage them and that's kind of what you it is what you do now without you knowing it you're not working um with people with physical disabilities but definitely special, spiritual special needs <laughs> oh that's so interesting i've i've not thought of it that way yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what when you said you even when you were five, you wanted to work with special needs. You you do spiritual special needs, which is um, we all have them, and you have this ability to accompany people. Like even before I physically met you, I knew you. I thought I knew you through um, your blessed is she work. Like I I had a a relationship with you because you used to talk to me without you knowing it <laughs> um, via YouTube or what, Facebook. or And I felt like we knew each other. So when I actually met you in person, um, I thought we knew each other. <laughs> it's a really weird yeah. thing to say. I'm not stalking you, but we, I had a connection <laughs> with you because you used to speak to me and you kind of mothered me through that initial, like, rebirth if so to speak so you midwifed me into my faith mm-hmm. again which I'm so grateful for um because you accompanied me um I remember listening to a abiding together podcast one day and they were talking about the question was at the end what women have midwifed you through seasons of your life and I I was in the gym because I used to listen to it while I was at the gym and I was 
there on the floor doing weights and I just burst into tears because I thought, I don't know, like I have so many women in my life but I don't know um, any that have midwifed me through something, uh, through mm. through my reversion. Yeah. And I thought the women that have live on the other side of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> which we are so lucky that we live in a time where we can you know find people on the other side of the world to do this um yeah. but it's so important do you have any um I mean you must uh walk accompany so many women you're able to redirect their gaze how do you do that <laughs> what what do you direct them towards Yes. Gosh. I mean, what a lovely question. My heart is just still with you on the gym floor, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I can still see I'm on the floor. I had my earbuds in and I've got tears streaming down my face. And I thought, I I wasn't, I was, the fact that I, these, these women on the other side of the world who God put in my life, I had access to helped me like it's so beautiful yeah so you don't understand how many women that you are midwifing through you know a conversion of heart it's so beautiful what the lord is doing with you so i'm so grateful for you but how do you do it where do you start yeah um well it just doesn't feel big to me you know, I, I don't feel like I'm, how do I say, I just feel like I'm just with you. It does feel like I'm just talking to one friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think what you're describing is just, there's the language of the heart, you know, that other hearts naturally respond to. And really, I just couldn't talk any other way. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like how the Lord made me, thanks be to God. Um, And the way that the Lord pursued me, romanced me, won my heart, that's the only way I know how to talk about him is Mm -hmm. through the lens of my own experience. And, you know, it's, that's a really attractive thing to, to hear how God makes himself accessible and, Yeah, I I think uh, people want to know the Lord. Uh, People on all, you know, areas of or or ends of the spectrum, people want to know God and to find out that he wants to know them too is just Mm -hmm. really exciting. So I'm by no means... I hardly know anything, you know, in the spiritual life, you, the more you grow, the, the littler (laughs) you realize that you are, you don't know anything, but I can, I can tell people what the Lord has done for me. And it's my joy to tell people what the Lord has done for me. One thing that you did open my eyes up to is the Bible and diving deep into his word um, especially with your virtual Bible studies, which are you going to do another one soon? 
<laughs> I hope so. Yeah, so do I. Um, because I was brought up in a Catholic household, but I only ever uh, brought a Bible into my house was when I bought your Blessed Is She journaling Bible. And it has changed my prayer life completely. Mm. Um, I like I never actually got that it was living and active word. Like I've, I'd heard that before, but it really mm. is. Like he speaks through those the pages of that book daily, and it's mm-hmm. it may have been written two thousand years ago, but everything you can apply now it's incredible um what is the have you always had um it's not a devotion to the bible is it have you always had a prayer life around the bible do you have you always read the bible has it been a part of your life (laughs) no (laughs) i think i i yeah i don't think it's a normal catholic experience to no sadly I think it's becoming more normalized, at least maybe in, in, I don't know. I don't know. Please. No, I do too. I do too. Mm. Yeah. But I think for, for many years or for many people, scripture seemed to be the expertise or, you know, the arena of the, the Protestants. Um, When really it's, it's our tradition. The church put together the canon of scripture. Um, so anyway, that's not what you asked me. You asked if I always grew up reading the Bible, which I didn't. Um, I will say that we all know the word so much more than we think we do just by virtue of being at mass and hearing the readings year round. We have even kind of a vague sense. It might be kind of fuzzy, but we, we know our way around. Um, I didn't start reading scripture, um, in any kind of a, an intentional way, probably until I was a youth minister, I had a Bible that was very special to me. Gosh, let me back up. They gave me a Bible when I went through my confirmation program. It was my first like adult Bible. Um, Mm. And I heard people teach and reference scripture. So I learned how to kind of navigate the Bible and look things up and highlight and certain verses became very important to me. And then in college, mostly through Protestant influences, I just had this inspiration to start memorizing scripture. So those verses that kind of stuck out to me, I wanted to memorize. And I I heard Protestant speakers or, or just friends talk about the power of declaring scripture, um, speaking it out, agreeing with it, memorizing it. And somewhere along the way, someone had introduced to me that, that scripture would renew my mind. I mean, the word itself (laughs) says that it renews minds. And Mm -hmm. so I, just by God's grace, believed that and, and hung on to that. So I started intentionally memorizing scripture in college. And that was something I took into youth ministry. So with my 11 to 14 year old students, Mm -hmm. I would make them memorize a scripture verse every single week based on whatever theme 
we were talking about. And I just, I wanted them to be verses that would come back from, you know, way back in the filing cabinet of their mind at a moment that they needed it down the road years later. And this scripture would come to mind and suddenly draw them back to the church, you know, God forbid if they had walked away. I just wanted to like plant the seed of the word in their hearts from a very young age. So that devotion of memorizing scripture was there from pretty early in my heart conversion, but I didn't start reading it chapter by chapter in any kind of a systematic way until I was in youth ministry. And really just one night I sat down and kind of had this inspiration. There were no fireworks. I just had this thought really that if I'm going to be in ministry, I need to be reading the word. Yeah. (laughs) And I sat on my little love seat in my living room and I thought, I'd like to read about Acts. Seems like that's, that's an important book. And I know a lot of those people. And I, I read the whole book in, in one night, in one sitting. It was so exciting. I was so captured by it. And I know now I can understand that experience as the Holy Spirit, as yeah. the Holy Spirit who brought that book to life for me and planted a real love of the word, um, well, deepened a love of the word in me when I read Acts. That's so beautiful. For somebody who has never opened a Bible before, where would you, would would you say Acts? Where would you say to start? Well, I normally would say Acts, but then we did a BIS VBS with Mm -hmm. Acts and Jenna, you know, who's my best friend, did not like Acts. (laughs) She just didn't, she She didn't didn't gel with it. Yeah, she didn't love it. So I think if I were to tell anyone to start, I would always recommend the Gospels. Um, and Mark is is the shortest and the most straightforward. So that's why we did actually our very first BIS BBS uh, with the Gospel yeah. of Mark. And it was a good one. <laughs> but there are so many places to start, honestly. I think the hard would thing is Would you say New not... Testament over Old Testament? No, I honestly wouldn't. I think for for most people, they're intimidated by the idea of scripture, not by scripture itself. Scripture is, is so user friendly. It's, it's a love letter written to you from the Lord. So I I actually think some of that is, is deception from the enemy that I'm not smart enough or holy enough, or I won't understand it. So you just never open your Bible. Mm. But if you just crack it open. You could literally start anywhere, probably not Leviticus, but you could start <laughs> almost anywhere. I remember the first time I read Deuteronomy, and that sounds like such a heavy a religious lofty. book. Yeah. But I found it to be so full of affection from the Father. I mean, one of my now favorite verses is in Deuteronomy um, 7 7. He set his heart on you. The Mm -hmm. Lord set his heart on you. So he determined, he chose you. He like made a decision. His heart is with you. It just, it was so tender. And I, I would have been prior to that very intimidated by Deuteronomy. 
Um, You could read Proverbs one chapter a day for 31 days. And you could read a whole book of the Bible in a month. Um, The Psalms, they're so emotional. You You could literally read anything. Okay. Well, maybe that's where we start. We just start by opening the Bible and uh, reading one chapter a day. I think so, yeah. And you don't have to know the whole historical context. You don't need any, like, profound theological insights. It can just be a simple word or phrase to take one thing away from what you read. Um, So would you make it a practice, like, for people who have never touched the Bible before, you um, start with maybe one of the Gospels, um, read read a, a chapter or read a, a a verse, maybe even something you've got to have a takeaway. Or what 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 do you say to people that just uh, means nothing to me? I don't even understand it. Sure. Well, that's why I would recommend the Gospels because they're written in a, a narrative way. Mm-hmm. Um. You understand a story. Could you ask yourself a question about that story? Um, Why were they all following this guy around? Why were they sitting on a hillside? Where did that little boy come from? Why did he have two fish with him? If you just start asking questions and then imagine that you're not just thinking about those questions, but you're actually asking someone those questions. Mm -hmm. Now you're praying with the word. Now you're talking to the Lord about those questions. Again, I, I think that very simple prayer, come Holy Spirit, is the, is, well, it's the gateway <laughs> to most things, but I would in particular recommend to pray and invite the Holy Spirit anytime you're reading the scripture, because there is a, a veil there in some ways. It has to be revealed to us, but God is always revealing himself. Uh, so we just have to pray for the spiritual eyes and ears mm. uh, it's, it's so simple hear. isn't it ultimately yes we we do make it complicated make it than it has to be yeah yeah and so is this when did you discover that Jesus was a friend of yours and he wasn't some you know some policeman in the sky or was he has he always been a friend no I yeah, I always knew God was real. I thought about him, but I had a sense of more of like a distant grandfatherly benign figure. And then as mm-hmm. I grew up, even that figure became maybe a bit judgmental or critical. I had a lot of fear, mostly as I became aware of my own sin. Um, mm-hmm. There was more fear there. But uh I, I fell in love with the person of Jesus. It wasn't even a comforting friend. I felt so deeply seen and loved and pursued by this man, Jesus. And that's what my, you know, feminine young heart was dying for, to be loved. And Jesus loved me. Beautiful. And that's all we ever really want is to be seen, known, and understood. Mm. And it's, he, he's right there. He is the only one that can actually really fulfill those three criteria, those three wants. 
Oh, it's, yeah, and I, I can even know that intellectually now, and I still forget that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. want to pick up the phone or I'm frustrated when a friend doesn't understand. Um, yeah. But, yeah, gently, over time, mm. I remember that. He's so gentle. I, I'm turning and to him, yeah. So are you, yeah. and that's what drew me to you because you bear, you are a Christ bearer. You bear his face, and I'm so grateful for your heart and your your words and your encouragement, um, your, your tenderness. It's really attractive and I know it comes straight from Jesus Christ. It's so mm. tangible. It's beautiful. So I want to yeah. thank you. Um, now we you? have to tell me. No, go ahead. No. I was, I was going to say, I have to ask you what brought you joy this week before we end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but what were you going to say? You know, I was, I was just going to tell you that actually means so much to me that, that you would say that because I was, act, I was teaching this week about um, this verse in Ephesians. I think it's 4.15 where St. Paul says that we are to grow up in every way into him. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was talking about how if God is our father in the same way that children grow up to look like their parents and talk like their parents and well, talk like their parents in the same way, we're supposed to grow up and look like the father and talk like the father and love like the father. So it's just well, a, you're in a, a real, you're in the right yeah. family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he's rubbing off on you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Oh, you're welcome. No, thank you. So before we wrap up, I, I could talk about this forever, um, but I, I I know time is precious, and you have to go to bed over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to know what brought you joy this week it can be anything can have you thought of something well the question is the question is does my joy start on Sunday of this week or does it start on Monday of this week Sunday it doesn't because well I was going <laughs> to say because we're ahead of you but that, that means it's Saturday <laughs> Uh, no, it can be Sunday. That's fine. It's the beginning of the week, isn't it? Yeah. Gosh, I there are so many things that brought me joy this week. I'm grateful for the question because it's easy sometimes to see the hard or the tiring things. But you know, just I had a really beautiful holy hour on Sunday after I received communion. I still uh, here in Arizona. Um, we still have restrictions on mass. So I watched the live stream mass, but then I was able to go and receive communion mm -hmm. and had my mask on and sat in the chapel, but it had, um, you know, just a really beautiful holy hour where I felt, you know, as we said, I just felt really seen, really understood. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's so special. He's so available. That's what. That's one thing. Even though he's been removed, like we have been removed from him in this time of quarantine, I've just found that he is mm. so accessible. Like you just, you you just need to um, 
quiet yourself and you can feel his presence. Yeah. Been so helpful for me. So well yeah. my joy, my joy is yeah, oh you said you've got a few. Do you oh, have no, a few? Well, there are things every day, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good girl. Yeah, I mean, my, Find the joy. my ministry brings me a lot of joy. My mm-hmm. friendship with with Jenna brings me a lot of joy. My goddaughter brings me a lot of joy. Baking she brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> You're becoming a chef. No, well, my joy is the <laughs> I was on a jog last week. And um, I just had it on um, a worship, um, just the worship radio, you know, on Spotify. So I hadn't yeah, chosen yeah. the song. But this song popped on and I thought, oh, my goodness, that's such a beautiful. I, I was actually had a little tear in my eye, which isn't hard for me. But it was Audrey Assad's <laughs> cover of um, The Middle. And I'll leave that in the show notes. It is such a beautiful song um I think for all women because we're all all in the middle of our journey we're not at the end and we're not at the beginning we're in the middle somewhere and I just thought it was so beautifully uh reflected how I was feeling so that's my joy there were tears of joy I love it (laughs) yeah I love that song and I love that it brought you joy (laughs) wonderful it has been such a pleasure speaking with you. So thank you so much for sharing your heart for Jesus and for women and for ministry. Um, I hope more women get to follow you on Facebook and on Instagram. You do your Teachable Tuesdays, which we get on a Wednesday. <laughs> I'll just call them Wonderful Wednesdays. <laughs> Wisdom, Wisdom Wednesday. Oh, perfect. I like that. That's better. <laughs> I mean, Wonderful Wednesday is great too. No, 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 Wisdom Wednesdays is spot on because it does fill me with much a lot of wisdom. So thank you, Beth. Enjoy, enjoy your uh, sleep. <laughs> I'm sorry to Thanks, keep you John. up. Oh my goodness! Don't apologize. Please. It was a joy. Thanks, friend. Thank you.